your average podcast. It's not a political show. It's a podcast about church culture and the culture at large, viewed through the lens of Scripture. It's the Richards Revelations podcast with Scott Richards. Here's your host, Scott Richards. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Scott Richards. Thank you for joining me on this journey as we try to live our lives just a little bit better as we look at things through the lens of Scripture and then apply it to our life. I want to encourage you to share these podcasts with others. And if you're liking these podcasts, go ahead and hit the like icon and subscribe. If you'd like to participate in the ongoing production of this podcast, there's information below on how you can donate, if you're so inclined. Once again, I am truly thankful that you take the time to listen to these podcasts. Welcome to this week's podcast. Before we get into today's subject, I want to let you know that you can follow us on our Facebook page, Richard's Revelations Podcast, and most other social media platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and so forth, under my name, Scott Richards. If you want to make it easier, try Scott Allen Richards. Allen spelt A-L-A-N. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I have a question for you, something you need to ponder and answer for yourself. Are you truly a seeker of truth, where you allow God's word to be the arbiter of truth, the line of demarcation? If that's not you, then you will have the tendency to disregard anything that goes against what you think or what you've been told or how you've been raised, even if the Bible says your way of thinking is incorrect. So I ask you again, Are you a seeker of truth? Are you willing to change what you think if it's not in line with the Word of God? I ask that because this podcast and future podcasts are going to deal with things that you might find offensive because of what you've been told is truth by a preacher you follow or your preacher. When we allow personalities or people that we respect, we like, to have more authority and power on what you think or believe, even over what the Word of God teaches, there's a problem. So if you're an honest seeker of truth, then regardless who says what, if you come to find out that based on what the Word of God says is incorrect, if we really want to be a follower of Christ, then we adjust our thinking to align with what the Word of God teaches. Now that you've had a moment to ponder that question, let's move on to today's subject. Today we're talking about the New Age movement and how it's made its way into the church. This is part one of the Law of Attraction. Next week will be part two. Now there are many various things with inside the New Age occult. The Law of Attraction is just one of them, and for the next two weeks we're going to be talking about that particular aspect of the New Age movement. I want to start off with reading some Bible verses to show what the Word of God says first, Before we explain the New Age Law of Attraction, what it is, where it originated, and the connection to the church. Now, I'm going to be sharing more scriptures throughout this podcast, but I just want to set some foundational ones first. Acts 10.25 and 26. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up. I, too, am just a man. Isaiah 31.3. The Egyptians are men and not God, and the horses are flesh and not spirit. Psalms 9.20 Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know they are but men. Numbers 23.19 God is not man that he should lie, 
nor a son of man, that he should repent. Hosea 11.9 I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again. For I am God, and not man, the Holy One in your midst. Isaiah 43.10 You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. Okay, so let's get started with some background of the Law of Attraction. The Law of Attraction roots date back to the early 18th century, known as New Thought. Helena Blavinsky was the first one to coin the term Law of Attraction. She started a cultic school of thought back in the late 1800s called Theosophy. She was an esoterist, more like a dark cultist. She adopted New Thought principles as well. In the early 19th century, as part of the New Thought movement, William Walker Ackerson published a book in 1906 titled Thought Vibrations or the Law of Attraction in the Thought World, where he introduced the concept thought, energy, vibration, and manifestation. Wallace D. Wallets then published The Science of Getting Rich in 1910 and presented the theory Gratitude as a tool for manifesting success. There was a resurgence of interest in the idea during the 20th century, particularly with the 2006 release of the film The Secret, which was then later developed into a book of the same name. It's a universal principle that states you will attract into your life whatever you focus on. Ultimately, you have everything you need already inside you to manifest anything you desire into reality. The law of attraction is the relationship between your thoughts and how they create your reality. Where your thoughts create vibrations and your thinking generates a frequency that attracts things with the same energy to you. Similar to the law of electricity or gravity, the law of attraction is active and working all around you, regardless of your awareness or belief it exists, so they say. But when you do have the awareness and understand how to work with it, you can use the law of attraction to create intentional, life-changing transformation. The law of attraction is a philosophy suggesting that positive thoughts bring positive results into a person's life, while negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. It is based on the belief that thoughts are a form of energy and that positive energy attracts success in all areas of life, including health, finances, and relationships. New thought law of attraction is like the cousin or sister to new age. It's the same thing. At the core, it's that you're divine. So that you have the inner divinity, which is what all new thought teachers teach, you are divine. You're a little god. You're godlike. And as such, because you're made in the image and likeness of God, you can manipulate the world around you. You can manipulate your reality through your thoughts, words, feelings. The reason why is because you're divine. What does the law of attraction mean? Simply put, it is the ability to attract into one's life with words, feelings, and whatever they're focusing on. It's a belief that regardless of age, nationality, or religious belief, you are all affected because the laws which govern the universe, including the law of attraction. It is the law of attraction that uses the power of the mind to translate whatever is in your thoughts and materialize them into reality. 
that you create your own reality. What you focus on is what you draw into your life. It suggests that what you believe will happen in your life is what does happen. This philosophy suggests that people are all made of energy, and this energy operates at different frequencies. Because of this, it is important to change the frequency of energy with positive thoughts, especially gratitude for what we already have. By using grateful, positive thoughts, feelings, and by focusing on your dreams, they say, rather than frustrations, you can change the frequency of your energy and the law of attraction brings positive things into your lives. What you attract depends on where and how you focus your attention, but you must believe that it's already yours or soon will be. Here's some basic key terms and concepts in the law of attraction. Manifestation brings things into your physical reality according to their vibrational match with your thoughts, emotions, and energy. It's the concept of like attracts like, where positivity attracts more positive experiences and negativity will attract similar negative outcomes. Visualization is the spiritual practice of creating mental images of what it is you desire. The clearer and more specific the picture, the more attractive power it generates. Affirmations are the positive results you want to create, usually written down and spoken out loud on a regular basis using brave language that brings your dreams into the present tense. It is important to release the how and insist confidently declare what you want to manifest into existence and trust the universe will open up and take care of its realization. So, the law of attraction. What I do to you, I do to myself. Like attracts like. So that's why a lot of New Agers and people that are caught up in the new thought law of attraction have a sense of false peace. They stay out of the mix of debate or disagreement. No negative things. They don't want to be involved in things that would mess up their reality. So in this aspect, you have teachers in the law of attraction that say, don't think negative things. Don't say negative things. Don't say you're sick. That's not true. Don't say you're broke. No, you're rich. You have wealth. You have health. You have joy. You have happiness. Speak them out and those words will become your reality. So that's the thought process of new thought, the law of attraction, which is new ageism. I will show you some similarities, the same style of thinking and teaching in the Word of Faith movement. Some may look at that and say, ah, that's just biblically incorrect. That thinking is incorrect. There is a connection to the New Age occult and the Word of Faith movement on where the original ideas and that thinking came from. A distinction between the Word of Faith teaching and the New Age occult, New Thought Law of Attraction, is New Age teaches pantheism that everything is divine by nature. Word of faith teaches man is by nature God, we're little gods. So it's selective pantheism. So as I lay out the connection to the New Age occult, New Thought, Law of Attraction, and Word of Faith, I will be telling more of what the Law of Attraction is as we go along. The unanimous grandfather of the Word of Faith movement is Isaac William Kenyon. He was surrounded by metaphysical influence at the university he went to in Boston like the New Thought Movement. He studied this stuff and had an extensive metaphysical library. It undoubtedly influenced his thoughts and his teachings. Kenyon says in his book, The Father and His Family, pages 32 and 33, in other words, when man was created, he was made as near like 
deity as it was possible for deity to create him. Man belongs to the God class. Kidney also said, God was Christ, wasn't he, in incarnation? God is in you, in incarnation. If you are born again, you are incarnate. Kenyon got these ideas from the metaphysical, not the Bible. We can see the connection to the metaphysics that Kenyon surrounded himself with and studied with this quote from Phineas Quimby. He says, My theory, the trouble is in the mind, for the body is only the house for the mind to dwell in. If your mind has been deceived by some invisible energy, a belief you have put into the form of a disease with or without your knowledge, by my theory or truth, I come in contact with your energy and restore you to health and happiness. Isaac William Kenyon is someone that Kenneth Hagin plagiarized over and over again, who became the modern-day leader of the Word of Faith teaching. Along with people like William Brenham, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, and a whole host of others who came along after and began to teach the same sort of thing, who all became rich, I might add, by doing so. What Kenyon is to the Word of Faith movement, Phineas Quimby is ten times the father of new thought. So these ideas and thoughts don't come from the Bible or a special revelation from God. They come from the metaphysical occult, which is part of the New Age movement. It is somewhat a banner, for a lack of better terms, where new thought, law of attraction, mysticism, and, and so forth are practiced. Neil Donald Walsh is a New Age, new thought author, as well as an actor filmmaker. He writes, You were quite literally the Word of God made flesh. Deepak Chopra, those who have knowledge of God are gods. Rhonda Byrne, the author of The Secret, You Are God in a Physical Body. Here's a book called the Course in Miracles, the recognition of God, is the recognition of yourself. Scott Peake, God is within us. We are part of God all the time. These people I'm quoting are all a part of this New Thought Law of Attraction. They're authors or teachers and so forth. Anybody that comes out of that or are familiar with that world of thinking recognizes these people. Author Bob Proctor writes, attract money and wealth using the law of attraction. Always remember, money is a servant. You are the master. Author Catherine Hurst, do you find it hard to manifest things you want into your life? Perhaps you follow the law of attraction and just can't quite conquer manifestation. It can be tricky at first, but once you get a hang of it, manifesting can become second nature to you. Word of Faith preacher Kenneth Copeland Adam in the garden was the Word made flesh. Now here's a clip of him saying that and a lot more. The reason you don't think of God as a failure is he never said he's a failure. (laughs) And you're not a failure till you say you're one. God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself. I mean a reproduction of himself. And in the Garden of Eden, he did that. He was not a little like God. He was not almost like God. He was not um, subordinate to God even. And Adam is as much like God as you could get. 
just the same as Jesus when he came into the earth. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't a lot like God. He's God manifested in the flesh. And I want you to know something. Adam in the Garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh. There was Jesus at the foot of my bed. Of course, in the spirit, you know. And he had this big tray of cookies. I mean, it was such a big tray of cookies. It was an arm, this tray was this big. And usually somebody with a tray of cookies is smiling. He wasn't frowning, but he's stern. He said, have a cookie. Well, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I had no idea what to say. He said, your response is, I believe, I will, I take it, I have it. It disturbs some people because you and I try to act like God. Oh, yeah. I've had, I've had you know, I, people say that. I'm, I'm thinking about a situation right now that is a friend of mine, and they said, you know, Brother So-and-So's ministry is just ruined. They said, why? Well, they got to running around with Copeland. Well, I mean, what, I mean, what, what that hurt? He said, well, both of them just running all over the country trying to act like little Jesuses. Thank you. He noticed. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I put it in my heart and I put it in my mouth. Praise God. I declare it's mine. And I call things to be not as though they were. Glory to God. New Thought Law of Attraction teaches the universe revolves around you. You are successful, you are wealthy, and a whole host of other positive affirmations. Everything that happens in your universe is subjective. So sickness or any other bad thing doesn't have to be part of your universe. Any bad condition you find yourself in, it's your fault. It's your thinking. It's your thought patterns. You need to deny your senses, change your thought patterns, and manifest good new thoughts and things into reality. Because your wisdom can manifest things into your reality. You alone have the power and ability. Eckhart Tolle, author, New Thought Law of Attraction, spiritual teacher, who appeared on Oprah multiple times, among other things, teaches the basic premise that if there's a bad economy, loss of job, high gas prices, anything that bad happens to you, it's your thought life that attracts that to you. To make that stop go and go away is to become mindless. It's about changing the patterns of the way you're thinking. So your circumstances do not have control over your thought life. He uses the Buddhist Pali Bio scriptures. And although a lot of these different teachers and authors often try to make a connection to God or religion. Uh, in some cases, they will actually pull a scripture here or there. And then some people within the church think, oh, you know, this stuff's good because, hey, they're using the Bible. They're not. Like in this guy's case, his stuff that he's putting out there, he, he gleans also from the Buddhist scriptures. I want to play a couple audio clips. What you'll hear is a concept that you're divine. You are the universe essentially a little God, as well as the idea of emptying yourself out, becoming mindless, as it were, not thinking, which is a spiritual awakening. 
And you could say that there was a moment that came at that time when there I experienced a mild form of divine discontent, which simply is a sense of there's more than I can do, that I could do, but it's not happening. Hmm. That's a mild form of divine discontent. There's just a sense of this, my present life situation has these limitations around me, but there, it, I could go beyond that. There could be much vaster. The world needs what I, what I know can comes comes through me. I know that the world needs that. So why isn't the world? I'm perhaps speaking for some of you too. <laughs> why isn't the world uh, opening up these channels for me? So that was the divine discontent. So I sat under an oak tree in Somerset where I would sometimes go, magnificent oak tree, and I said to the universe, which ultimately to myself, please use me. I was talking to myself ultimately, so because I am that. For many, the beginning of spiritual awakening is to realize that there is this stream of continuous commentary in their minds. And that is the thing, oh, that's interesting. That's a thought, of course, but before the thought, that's interesting, there's the, the recognition. It's the, it's the voice in the head. And the recognition is not the voice in the head, although you might say it after the recognition. But in the moment of recognizing there's a voice in the head, that's not a thought. The recognition, of, the recognition of thought is not a thought. The recognition of thought comes through awareness or presence. And awareness or presence is the higher consciousness, the arising new consciousness. Wow. So that's... That is really the meaning of spiritual awakening. You, let's say you see this vast, this incredible sunset or whatever, and for a moment you, you give, give it your complete attention, and for a moment you're not thinking about yourself, your problems, your problematic life history, or your even more problematic future. You're, actually, you're not thinking about anything. For a moment, the stream of thinking subsides. And it goes, and that is, without knowing it, you have a little flash has come up from that dimension. And, it's, and then it, the next moment, it may come up a few days later again, when you look into the eyes of a baby, one year old, maybe just in the street or in a cafe, and baby looks at you, and the baby is one year old, and the eyes are like the baby's. <laughs> and you know instinctively that the baby is not thinking about you, because thinking hasn't started yet. The words have not accumulated yet, the thoughts haven't started yet, and yet there's a consciousness there. And you can see very clearly there's an intense consciousness that's looking through those eyes at you without judging you in any way. And in that moment, for just a few seconds, you feel so good. And you say, oh. 
Why do you feel so good? Because at that moment, the baby liberated you from your stream of thinking. And again, a little bit of spaciousness opened up inside you. And so this, the, for those few seconds, when you looked into the eyes of the baby, you were not thinking. And the baby wasn't thinking. So the ba through the baby, you, you are able to be in that dimension. And it felt so good. Spontaneously, they can arise. They're not recognized by people as ultimately spiritual, but they are. These quotes and audio clips aren't just his thinking and teaching. It is a new thought law of attraction ideology. They all teach us stuff. Here's another quote by him. Find and live your life purpose by shifting awareness from the surface level of life to the transcendent dimension. Here's a quote from Maitreya. My friends, God is nearer to you than you can imagine. God is yourself. God is within you. Who is Maitreya, you might ask? She's believed by the New Agers to be an entity that New Ager Benjamin Cream was channeling. He is a part of a cultic school of thought called Theosophy. Benjamin Cream, who believed that he was in contact with Maitreya, who they call the Christ, they believe had a very unique relationship. They think that Jesus of Nazareth had with this other entity named the Christ. They believed Jesus wasn't Christ, Maitreya was, and she overshadowed Jesus, an avatar as it were. Well, we're just getting started, but this is going to be the end of this week's episode. Next week, we're going to pick up where we left off. We're going to show you the connection between the New Age occult and the church, as well as many quotes and audio clips of various preachers preaching what the Law of Attraction teaches. Really hate to cut it off here, but for the sake of time, we have to. Well, that's it for this week. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, because I know there are many voices out there wanting your attention and time. So thank you. As always, if you think of someone else who could get something out of these podcasts, I encourage you to share them with them. Until next time, God bless you.